0: Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out, starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff.
1: You may be familiar with the 1874 Jules Verne book, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and its 2008 theatrical sibling. For those of you who may not be familiar with the plot, the title, I think, is pretty much self-explanatory, but the story involves characters discovering and decoding ancient writings that show a dormant volcano leading to caverns inside the Earth. Now, this is just science fiction fantasy, right? Well, sure it is, but the theory that it was based upon wasn't science fiction to some, especially for the main character of today's episode. So let's dive deeper, per se, into one person's oddball theory that the earth is actually hollow at its core. Good or bad, it got so much attention that it actually made it to the desk of a sitting president. Find out who this person was, how he could conjure up such an odd theory, and what this president's response was to this idea on this episode of The Missing Chapter. For the last two seasons we've enjoyed bringing unknown stories from history to you every weekend now it's your turn to bring a story to us every town in every corner of the world has a story and its history is our history tell us the story about your hometown and what makes it special or unique we're calling it hometown history who or what is your town known for Tell us your hometown story, either in an email or a voice message from our Facebook page. Phil and
0: I will choose one hometown's history to research and profile in a full episode of season three of The Missing Chapter. We'll contact you to be a part of it. Every hometown has a story. The next chapter we add to the history textbooks could be yours. Welcome back to the Missing Chapter Podcast. I'm Phil Hornder here with Phil Schoff. Phil, today's brew, we got, you know, it was kind of a friend of a friend, mm-hmm. was able to hook us up with a, a very different uh, coffee this morning. It's It's from Dark Line Brewery in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's called Kansas City Dark, and it has notes of dark cherry and tobacco. Creamy, velvety body, heavy and smooth. I immediately, almost in a joking way, when I heard Kansas City, I thought, all right, is there a barbecue element to this? Smoky? Not so much, but it's definitely a very, very dark coffee. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had to add a, maybe a little extra cream this morning to it, but it's really actually, it's very good. And the aroma is fantastic. We love our dark yeah, coffee. Yeah, we man. like our dark coffees, especially later in the weeks. So. Oh yeah, that's for sure. And you know what, Phil? Here we are. It's June 25th. Uh, Canada Harry, the school that you and I teach for, uh, at, just had its graduation. Yep. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention... Uh, the retirement of Blake Smith. yes, you know one of the regular guest uh, hosts on our show, Blake's done a, a number of different episodes, season one and season two with us. and and they're some of the more popular episodes that we had. And he and his wife, Kim, after years of teaching and doing a phenomenal job, reaching I mean, countless kids, really. Um, they're on they're into the next stage of their lives the the, the next chapter, yeah, the and- next chapter which is retirement. And you know what? They're you know, two people so deserving of of a nice, relaxing retirement. We want to wish them the best, thank them for everything they've done in the in the field of education and really their friendship too. And we're hoping Absolutely. to continue to have Blake on yep. if you're a listener and you do enjoy his shows. And and he should have the time now. I think
1: he should. Yeah. And honestly, he was actually the first person I met when I when I got the job here because mm-hmm. he was he was interviewing. He's our our department head. So um, you know, to thank Blake on air, we 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 really wanted to make sure and do that because you know the the memories we've created over the 13 years that I've I've known him, um, you know, apart from just the podcast episodes, so right. much of what we do in our classroom is based around some of the things we've learned uh, from Blake. So I think these two are gonna are are gonna go travel the world. They're, you Absolutely. can see them just really, truly enjoying, enjoying retirement.
0: Right. Enjoying their kids, enjoying their retirement. And, uh, like you said, Phil, I mean, it's the, the beautiful thing about where we work. It's not just, it's, it's a workplace atmosphere, but it's really, it's a, it's a team environment. And, 100%. and I think that's our department's kind of epitomized that, you know, for, for the, for years. Yeah, absolutely. He's been the head of our department. So happy retirement to, uh, to Blake and Kim.
1: Phil, what do you have for us today? So this one's a little different. I, I remember seeing this story a while back. Um, and it's, it's funny how things kind of circle back to you. So this this topic came up randomly. Um, and I said, boy, I think I've heard that before. I do some research in it. And it's funny. The original story that I had, I had saved ended up being a little bit false. Really? So we're going to talk about some of the, um, I don't know, misnomers about this topic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the title, of course, is Core Values. And it, I'm going to actually start with a quote uh, to kind of just Give you a whole synopsis of this thing here. So the quote goes as follows: I declare the earth is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid concentric spheres, one within the other and that it is open at poles 12 or 16 degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth and I am ready to explore the hollow if the world will support and aid me in this undertaking. So those were the words, of a guy by the name of John Cleves Sims Jr. Now, for you history buffs out there, you might recognize his name. It took me a second. It it kind of familiarized myself with him once I I did a a Google search. This is not the founder of the Miami Purchase, an original owner of the land on which Cincinnati was founded, but his nephew, John Cleves Sims Jr. So John Cleves Sims Jr. was born in the late 1700s in New Jersey, and he's the son of Timothy Sims, John Cleves Sims' brother. And he was named after Timothy's uh, revolutionary war hero brother. Okay. The junior is simply attached, um, you know, by the nephew to differentiate himself from his famous uncle. But I do want to emphasize. So the, the story is all about, you know, Mr. Sims here. As much of these science claims that the earth is hollow was made by this man. He's not a trained scientist, but very educated and obviously very curious. So I want to point out maybe where his, I don't know, curiosity came from about this matter. And as a child, he was always reading, probably reading the writings of of Isaac Newton and Edmund Halley, uh, because he was set to prove that the earth was actually a hollow shell. And at least these two individuals had thought that as well. So I'm guessing that's probably some of the writings he had read. Um, But a continuation of the first quote that I mentioned reads, quote, I have ready for the press. A treatise, excuse me, a treatise on the principles of this matter, wherein I show proof of the above positions, account for various phenomena, and here's the big part right here. Dispose Dr. Darwin's golden secret. Hmm. So once I saw that, I, it, all these, you know, bells and whistles started going to something like, is he re- referencing Charles Darwin? Well, in 1818, Charles Darwin was nine years old. So, so who was he talking right, about? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So apparently this is a reference to Charles Darwin's grandfather, Erasmus.
0: Interesting. Yeah, he was a
1: well-known botanist and philosopher. And in one of Erasmus's poems, he claimed that there is an undiscovered secret that causes the directions of the winds to change. Hmm. So when Sims claims to dispose Dr. uh, Darwin's golden secret, he's saying that discovering the hole in the top and the bottom of the earth may explain why the winds change, okay? So this kind of, I don't know. It unravels everything in his mind. And he's, he's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to go with this. OK, um, he claimed that the outer shell in which we live was only about 800 miles or so thick. His hollow theory also claimed that there this is a big piece of this, that there were large openings at both the north and south poles, which he believed could be and should be used as entrances to the four inner layers of the earth. So the description he used almost sounds like you're not really like walking into a cave, but the way I visualized it, maybe you, the listeners did too, more like the openings of a hole of a donut, uh, Mm. as you, as you're picturing it. So according to him, the weather inside was a temperature suitable for vegetation, for animal life and ready for this human habitation. So Phil, you and I have talked about this off, off, uh, you know, recording off mic. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's a very interesting phenomena under the um, New York City subway stations. Correct.
0: Oh, I know exactly where you're going. Where am I going? You're you're going to talk about the mole people. Yes. Which so, I I'll tell you, I'd never heard of until you, Phil, told me about the mole people. And then I try and tell people about the mole people anytime I get right any opportunity I get right. So listen, this is there's, exactly where this you're is going it. Though. Yeah, right. So right? so, yeah, so
1: you're it. thinking of anyone who doesn't know what the mole people are? Just just Google image sometime the mole people. And I think people have really gone with this and, and really, uh, I don't know, turned it into like a Halloween horror story, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of truth behind this and there's books written about it. And I've, I've, you know, delved a little bit deeper into some of these topics because I had relatives in New York city that it's kind of like one of those things where if you're a, a New York city native, you kind of have always heard of the mole people living in, uh, you know, the, the other layers of, of um, subway stations that are uninhabitable now. Okay. Um, so One of the things that the mole people, I don't know, I guess is a, is a rumor around is that they've, they've basically developed their own communities and Mm -hmm. they they don't want to, um, allow anyone else down in these inner layers and they're human obviously, but they are very different looking and maybe, I don't know, lack a lot of pigmentation. There's, there's a lot of things about this. We can go in a lot of different directions, but I, I do want to point out that's where my brain initially went. And it's funny because some of the resources that I've, I've uh, pulled up in, in reference to this um, core values uh, topic is basically that. A lot of these people are like, hey, if people are going to be living in the center of the earth, this is what they're going to look like. This is what they're going to they're act like. So a lot of danger when it comes to this. But anyway, um, there could, according to him, be possibility of not only meeting those kind of people, but actually benefiting from this and trading with them. So in the early 1800s, little was known about the North and South Poles, or even the Earth's core for that matter. So it's not really, I don't know, completely outlandish for him to convince at least a fair amount of people of this very obscure and obviously random theory. But his namesake, I think, got him more prestige for, I'm going to put this in air quotes, scientific notions than he may have really earned and deserved. But as wrong as he was, he was very adamant about this theory. He had 500 copies of a pamphlet explaining this theory, and he had them sent to politicians and scientists and other educators around America and Europe. And as one source wrote, "quote He evidently attached proof of his sanity to those pamphlets, okay, by actually providing a mental exam to prove he wasn't crazy." I'm thinking,
0: Phil, where some of these numbers are coming from, or, or some of these concepts, like yeah. 800 miles is the outermost crust of the earth. What is he basing that on? Is there any idea? It seems like such an arbitrary number. It it totally does. And then to think, okay, my theory is based on maybe some other literature that I've read, that you have two open holes at either end uh, of the earth. Okay, where's the proof? That's this is all theorized. That's great. And, you know, I mean, science is based around theories and either disproving them or proving them. But I'm just wondering where the entire concept originated in his mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because he, he talks about science all the time, mm-hmm. but he, in my opinion, at least from what I've read, he's never done any scientific method methodology right. in reference to
0: this. So like, and this almost seems like the equivalent to today with, with the, the flat earthers. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. You have a theory, but where's the proof? Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's you know, funny. It's, Cause like you, like you said, though, you come up with a theory, you have mm-hmm. this idea, you have this hypothesis, you test it out. And science is observable, right? So I right, observe right. this evidence. I, listen, and anything I could see about this guy, I don't see any of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's... I mean, you're basing it on the winds. Great. <laughs> there are other ways of explaining why the wind patterns are that they are. Yeah. It's not like that's a, that's an unexplainable phenomenon on why the winds are. So it's just, I, I'm, I'm always, it's such a, a now out there sort of concept
1: idea. Where did it originate? And on top of that, if, if, it, if it's not, if it's science and it's not just right. like some outlandish, like you said, arbitrary, which I think is a perfect word for arbitrary theory, why did he have to provide, you know, uh, a, mental a, a, m- a mental exam? A mental exam. That's not a good sign. No, not yeah. at all. Now, he, listen, on top of all that, he actually goes on public speaking tours mm-hmm. to promote this hollow earth theory. But through his connections, his name, of course, his efforts, he had, I mean, he was, he was very adamant about this. His theory did get some attention. And the question is how much attention? Ready for this? Enough to gain support for going to the North Pole and feverishly searching for the entrance into the inner layers. Almost, in my opinion, like a search party, but for a door, not for a person. This is kind of what I was waiting for, though. Yes. You know,
0: at some point, if, it, if you're basing your entire career, your entire life around these theories, you're going to want to pick up and go and physically observe yes. them and prove everyone all those
1: doubters are wrong. Yeah. So when I, when I thought of this and I was reading through this, I'm like, Oh my God, this is a search party. And it, and it's, I, I know I said this just a minute ago, but like you're searching for an entrance, which mm-hmm. is so bizarre. Right. You know, I guess I it might not be for bizarre for scientists and archaeologists, but for me, it's like, Hey, we're going to send out a search party, but not for people for a door. And it does
0: sound like something you mentioned in your intro. It does sound like something <clears throat> right out of a Jules Verne novel, you know, yes. and a science fiction novel, you're searching for a door and you're sending out this expedition
1: this could be something out of a, a Hollywood movie set. But you know what's interesting? People buy into it. Some local theaters, other municipalities actually hold fundraisers for these expeditions. And despite the fact that he faced obviously a lot of criticism, uh, he eventually got the attention ready the attention of the United States government in the form of President John Quincy Adams. Hmm. Now, here's where the internet and, you know, like the headline grabbing clickbait come into play. Some sites say that. President Adams uh, approved of an expedition to drill to the center of the earth and meet, you know, the quote, mole people living within. But is that true? I think we'll find that out after the short break.
0: Phil, this is a great story. And for me, you know, if this is uh, one person, has this crazy theory or at least crazy from our perspective right now. Right. And people are listening to him. People are fundraising so he can go out and either prove or disprove this theory. That that's one thing. But if you have an American president, a sitting president who also listens to you and is either going to buy in or say, yeah, this sounds, you know, like it, it's 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 too far fetched for me. That's a different level. I mean, when right. you start having a sitting president actually listening to what you're saying, um okay maybe maybe i'm the one that's wrong yeah i mean you also have to think too it's here we are in 2022 we know about space and the earth and and science what we know right but for the historical circumstances in, in the time period
1: they didn't have a lot of that that's true that, that knowledge so and a lot of it was a guessing game right exactly and, and you have to have those those scientific methodologies where you you're like hey let's test this and mm-hmm. see if it's true so you're, you're absolutely right so i think that's that curiosity uh, in and of itself is what sparked maybe some approval for some of these explorations because you're like, well, maybe we don't know exactly. So if this theory is, is I don't know, you're adamant about this and pretty passionate about this, where you actually say in quote, like you're going to devote your life to this, maybe we'll try it out. Now here's what we know because there's a lot of debate. And when I originally saw this, uh, one of the you know those clickbait icons uh, said that President Adams actually believe that there were people in the center of the earth that we could go trade with and that the earth was hollow. I don't really necessarily agree with that anymore. I do know that uh, President Adams was a strong supporter of exploration, though. That's that's true. He loved his science. He loved his scientific discoveries, but he was up for re-election soon and needed the country to know that he was in favor of exploration and and basically being decisive, you know? So that had been one of the criticisms, excuse me, of his opponent, Andrew Jackson, who people saw him as very bold and decisive. So I think John Quincy Adams wanted to to appear that way as well. And one of Sims students and protégés by the name of Jeremiah Reynolds did eventually get approval by President Adams to lead an exploration. So let me explain. Reynolds was a newspaper editor uh, who was so enamored by the hollow earth theory that he quit his job and began following Sims around um, to his speeches throughout the country. So President Adams knew that Reynolds was a follower of Sims and knew what Sims believed. But this is where most of the theory kind of falls apart. There really isn't any proof that John Quincy Adams believed in hollow earth or, of course, you know, like the mole people living Mm -hmm. inside. So regardless of what the Internet says, everybody, this theory of Adams believing, you know, in the hollow earth just doesn't hold up, especially when when reading what he wrote in his diary. So let me explain what he writes. It says the president had first mentioned Reynolds uh, in November 4th, 1826 in this diary diary entry saying, ready? Mr. Reynolds is a man who has been lecturing about the country in support of Captain John Cleves Sims' theory that the earth is a hollow sphere open at the poles. His lectures are said to have been well attended and much approved by his exhibitions of genius and science, but the theory itself has been much ridiculed, so much so as in, in truth, Uh, so visionary that Reynolds has now varied his purpose to the proposition of fitting out a voyage and circumnavigation of the Southern, uh, excuse me, of the Southern Ocean. He has obtained numerous signatures in Baltimore to memorial, uh, excuse me, to a memorial to Congress for this object, which he says will otherwise be very powerfully supported. It will, however, have no support in Congress. That day will come eventually, but not yet, nor in my time. May it be my fortune and uh, my praise to accelerate. Uh, its approach. So you can see that Adams didn't support any expedition, at least until after Reynolds had abandoned the hollow earth theory in favor of a moral, uh, excuse me, more scientifically grounded polar exploration. So all of these, you know, very wordy uh, diary entries really point to, listen, I I, I understand where you're going with this. It's, Mm -hmm. It's great. I want to explore, but I won't explore until you really give up this hollow earth theory. Okay. So It's kind of a moot point anyway, because Andrew Jackson eventually, as we know, beat John Quincy Adams, and the expedition never happened. But unfortunately, as Sims was rising in public stature, his health was declining. He eventually died on May twenty-eighth, 1829. But by that time, he had moved his family to Hamilton, Ohio, was buried there in 1873. His son, uh, Americus, received permission to erect a monument at his father's grave It still stands there today. The monuments topped uh, by a sculpted earth with, of course, the center hollow out. So while the hollow earth theory in John Cleve Sims Jr. seemed to be largely forgotten today, his work did have obviously a lasting impact. For instance, uh, his calls for an expedition to the North Pole came to fruition when the U.S. sponsored one in 1838. Ironically, Sims may have inadvertently given rise to the genre of, like you said, Phil, science fiction. So, of course, 1820, anonymous author now thought to be Nathaniel Ames, published Simzonia, A Voyage of Discovery. This novel chronicled fictional expedition to the center of the earth. Uh, You know, there's been a long extinct mammoths and humanoid race of people who were driven underground. And later, of course, Jules Verne, Journey to the Center of the Earth. And as we know, Phil, the Verne novel would be resurrected in a 1959 movie of the same name, of course. And then in 2008, a remake starring Josh Hutcherson, a northern Kentucky native uh, but even children of the 1970s enjoyed this theory with Saturday morning's Land of the Lost. Uh, but a lot of science fiction spin-offs. they may not have been how Sims wanted to be remembered, but nevertheless, he made his mark uh, in history of pop culture, at least. I think another lasting legacy is this very strange grave marker sitting inside Sims Park in Playground in Hamilton, Ohio. Um, you can still see it to this day. And on the north side of the marker are the following words, quote, Captain John Cleve Sims was a philosopher and originator of Sims' theory of concentric spheres and polar voids. So as much as he wanted to make a difference in science, I think he actually made more strides for science fiction. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, I'm Phil Horinder. And I'm Phil Schaff. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.